us here today at Bridgeview. And my first question for you this morning is, have you ever run out of gas? Now, I've only done it once, but one time was enough uh, for me forever. And it happened quite a while ago. I was uh, going back to Michigan. It's when I lived in Michigan. So I was going back to Michigan from here, uh, heading back after Christmas break. And uh, I was driving on I-94, which, of course, also uh, goes through southern Michigan as well. I was driving on I-94, and um, I was in my Mazda 626. Now, my car um, had just not long before this had had a problem with the the fuel system. And so when they put that together again, they didn't get the fuel gauge correct. And so that's pretty important, right? It's important to have a good fuel gauge. And it wasn't right. It It was close, but not perfect. And so I'm driving that, night, that day. It was kind of chilly outside. I didn't really want to stop. So I'm trying to push it as long as I could. And you know how that goes, right? Like, it's not a good idea to, to do that. And certainly, um, on this day, it was. And I'm pushing it as far as I could. And uh, before I know it, the gas gauge reads I still had some left. I didn't. I, I sputtered. And, and I, I, I sputtered. And I, and I gave out. And, of course, I came to a roll uh, right in Jackson, Michigan, which is Incidentally, a place I had a car problem before this, but whatever. And so I, I, I'm doing this, and I, I do the walk of shame, right? Like the walk when you walk up the off-ramp, and you walk to the gas station. And I know it's the walk of shame because everyone's looking at me, and they're laughing at me. And I know that because I've done that to others, and so have you, right? I mean, it's, it's not a fun thing to do. And so I had to pay way too much money for a gas tank, a tiny little one that was like less than a gallon and, and it was, one time was enough. I don't want to run out of gas ever again. You know how that works, right? And, and it doesn't matter how great your car is. It doesn't matter how cool or how expensive it is. It doesn't really matter. Fuel is essential to drive. You could be run, driving the greatest car in the world, right? Or you could be driving the biggest pile of junk. Fuel is the great equalizer. You got to have it to be able to to go. And by the time Paul gets to the end of Ephesians chapter 3, he's highlighting a similar reality in our lives as well, our spiritual lives. And, And this is what it is it takes fuel for your faith to go. Your faith will not fuel itself. You cannot coast to verse 20. Of course, we've been leading up to verse 20 this entire series. We've been going through this entire month. We've been Talking about prayer and talking about believing God for greater, bigger things. That's the kind of big emphasis of this chapter. And it, gets, it leads up to this crescendo in verse 20. But you don't get there, as Paul talks about, you don't get there by just coasting in there. You, you get there with fuel. You need the fuel that this, that this passage highlights. And verse 19 really kind of gets down to that. Let's read that this morning. Ephesians 3.19 says, To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be, be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, the, the fuel is the fullness of God. Now, I, I know a lot of people who chase hard after God. Right? I, I, it's common, and it's a good thing, and I think the times mean it, or the times demand it. I mean, these are difficult times, and so there's a lot of people that are struggling out there, and so they're, they're, they're chasing hard to God. God, I want more of you, and that's a good thing, right? So they go out to the latest conference, or they pop in the latest 
worship CD or, 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 or a book or they find a great preacher or a speaker or they go to a, a service that promises that they're going to have an encounter with God and, and it's this kind of big deal and, and some of it delivers, but, but it doesn't seem to last. You find yourself spiritually empty and so you got to find the next conference or you got to go to the next uh, speaker or the next worship CD or, or whatever else. But, but here's the truth this morning and you got to listen close if that's what you do. Those aren't bad things. But that's not the kind of love that, that Paul suggests here. The truth is, that's not how love works, right? That's not how love works. God's not calling out to us to say, man, if you love me, you've got to spend a lot of money, you've got to spend a lot of work, you've got to chase this person or that person or this thing or that thing. If you love me, you'll do that. That's not how it, it works. Let's read through this entire text one more time. Starting in verse 14 of Ephesians 3, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, remember we talked about that last week, being rooted and grounded in love. You're planted in the seed, in a soil, the, the fertile soil of God's love, that that's what you draw, uh, your nutrients, your spiritual life, that's where it draws from, it draws from that spot, that place, the soil of God's love. You're rooted and grounded and established in love. So, you, so in that, you may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to the big crescendo of the passage. Verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, notice what Paul does here. It's really, and, and I've got a gas tank here this morning, it's, it's kind of like the, the filling of a gas tank. He's, he, it's, it's a progression here. We're going to kind of go through this one more time. And again, every, every moment, every time, everything is like one more, one, more, one, more, one more gallon in the gas tank. And so the first one here, strength comes from God. That God our Father would strengthen us with power through his spirit and our innermost being. I think that alone is life-changing, right? That strength doesn't come from this deep down place inside of me. It comes from God, right? It's not this deal where, man, if I need strength, i got to work hard and i got to dig deep and it's there someplace. No, you don't have enough strength to do this. And all of us know that. It's a human condition. We just don't. It's not there, and that's not bad. It's okay. Because the truth is that strength comes from God, not from us. And that's a wonderful, wonderful truth, and that alone is wonderful. But he's not done. The next gallon is, this comes by his glorious riches. <coughs> God has access to amazing riches. Now listen this morning, church. You, you have to be settled on this, right? You need to be settled on this fact. You've got to be settled on the fact that God is a God of riches. If you're not, you need to get this settled. Because if you're not, you're going to struggle deeply. 
with, with, with God until you get this settled. If God has his power or does God not have his power? You're going to be settled on that this morning. The next, if he continues to pour, your, your strength, strength comes from God by his glorious riches and in that we are rooted and grounded in immeasurable love. We talked about this already this morning a, a little bit. Your, your, your spiritual vitality comes not from rules or regulations or religion or trying hard or doing the right thing. No, it comes from being rooted and grounded in God's love. You need a revelation of God's love. That, that's what you need. You're going to make it. You're not going to make it if you're trying hard to do, to do the right thing. You're going to make it if you understand and you walk in the love of God. But the next, you need power to grasp that immeasurable love, right? Man, we might have power to grasp the height, the depth, the length, the breadth of that love. Man, we, we need this. That would transform our lives. But, but it continues to, we can know this love personally, right? We don't know about this love. We don't have to like just, well, I, I know that God loves me, right? I mean, that's a lot of people know about God's love. But that's not what it's saying here. It says we can know this love personally through Jesus Christ, right? That's how we know the love of God, through Christ. We can know it personally. Man, that's amazing. That's like fuel in our spiritual lives. That's fuel in our lives, man. We can know him. And from this place, we get to steps to number six. We are filled to the fullness. Man, that you'd know him like he's there to be known. To be able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. That's the big deal. Man, church, every single person in this room, every person on this planet has a hole in their life put there by God. Right? And that's not God being mean. Not, that's not God doing a mean thing to, to like ruin your life and, and such. No, this is God who made you to walk with him in relationship because of who he is. He is not some distant thing. He is God who is personal. He is a relation, he's a relation, a relational God. We've been created by a relational God. Think about that this morning. See, that's why these things are all, are all there. It's not because God wants to torture you with having to do more and be better and do this and do that. It's not this, this constant wheel you've got to run in to try to do the right thing. No, 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 no. God's called you to walk with him in relationship because that's the kind of God that he is. When you can understand and grasp that, then you can begin to understand how wide, how strong, how deep, how wide, you know, how amazing the love of God is. See, that's the fullness that he's talking about here, right? This kind of fullness fuels two fundamental truths in our lives. The first one is it eliminates the capacity for the world. This word, this, this words here, and, and filled to the measure in the Greek mean uh, to be filled, right? That's <laughs> just, I mean, there's just no, it's, 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 not, it's just it's what it means, right? There's, there's no room for anything else. Thomas Chalmers, who was a Scottish theologian from the 1700s, right? Like he's, he's been around for a while. He wrote a sermon once entitled The Expulsive Power of New, Aff a new Affection. Let me say it again. The Expulsive Power of New Affection. 
Now, what does that mean? When you fill a gas tank, you are experiencing the expulsive power of filling the gas tank. Is what happens when you fill a tank with fuel, you're going to have air come back out of that tank, right? That's the expulsive power of filling that gas tank with something. It, it, the air is going to be replaced with something. And so what happens is you feel that happening. The, the, the more you dump, the, the faster that you dump, the, the larger it is, the more expulsive power there is. And so what he's talking about here is he's saying, when you come to Christ, there is an expulsive power. Listen to what old Tommy, that's what I call him. Listen to what old Tommy says in that message. It's so good. He says, we don't and can't just get rid of worldly appetites by sheer force or willpower, right? For them to be mastered, they must be replaced. Listen, listen, church. A relationship with God is not a, a good thing to have. It's not good to be a Christian. It's, no, it is the whole point. A relationship with God is not a good thing to have. A relationship with God is the whole point. It's why you were made. You were made not to get the things you have to get done, not to achieve this or to work this or to do this. No, no, no. You were made to walk with God. See, if you, not, if you can come to understand that, things change in our lives. You can come to understand that it's what, what I, when, when, when difficulty comes in my life, what I need is I don't need to figure out how to get out of this hole, I need to figure out how to, how to fall more in love with Jesus. I, I gotta figure out how to put more of him in my heart. See, that, ex, that doing that, that has an expulsive power and it shoots other things out of us. Man, this kind of fullness eliminates the capacity for the world. And number two, it increases your confidence of God's power. Man, Ephesians chapter three is a huge prayer. Paul prays, this prayer, it's a massive prayer. And if you, when you begin to understand like we are, understand what he's praying for here, you start to wonder, is he out punting his coverage? Right? Is he, is he praying for something that's just, wow, well, that's just too much. That, Paul, Paul, buddy, I mean, settle down here, right? That, this is not how this works. I mean, you really want people to think this way. No, no, no. But see, he answers that in verse 20 when he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work where? That is at work within us. See, the listen, the big thing that people need or ask for, the, which is like the immeasurably more, right? Like, God, I want you to do immeasurably more. That's a good thing. See, it can seem like the big thing is the big thing. That the big thing we're asking for, God, heal this, or God, deliver this, or Lord, I need a job, or I need this. That can seem like the impossible big thing you've got to do. But church, it isn't. See, it's the work that God does in you that becomes the foundation for the immeasurably more. It's the work that God does in us. That's the big thing. The work that God does in us is, gives us the power to grasp his, his love. And then on that basis, see, things start to change. Isn't that what it's all about? Listen, listen this this morning. The, the greater your experience of his fullness, the greater your expectancy of his power will be in other areas of your life. As the band comes this morning, you can actually gauge how full you are by looking at the prayers you pray. Right? A bold prayers flow out of a bold heart. 
truthfully this morning, is that Paul's praying a very bold prayer from a jail cell, right? He's, he's praying this as he's in jail. And he's in jail because he has served God. And he's in jail because of the things that, that, that he has done on the behalf of, of God. And, and this isn't some, like, you know, cushy American, you know, jail. This is, like, this is, a, this is torture. This is not a difficult or not an easy place for him to be. And he's, pr- he's praying this. From that spot, he's praying this. And and the reason why he can do that and why he can believe this and pray this is because Paul understood the fullness of of God. Big prayers full out of a full heart. So my big question for you this morning is, do you want to be full? Well, of course, right? No one's going to say, no, 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 no one's going to say that. Uh, Of course not. See, Paul's challenge this morning is don't coast. Don't stay where you are. But the challenge isn't like, work harder to be better, right? You know, like, be a better Christian, be a better this, be a better... No, no, no. He's saying, come to the well. Listen, you can't make yourself any more full than a car can fill itself up by thinking thoughts of fullness, right? You can't go, a car can't go with just thinking fuel, full fuel thoughts. It can't, and you can't, without fuel. Religion tries to make you think you can fuel your spiritual journey without a revelation of God's love. See, if you get nothing else today, I, I hope you hear that. You, you can't, you think, and we kind of grew up thinking this way, like, oh, you got to do all this stuff to, to know God and love God. You, you, can't, you can't fuel your spiritual journey Unless you have a revelation of God's love. This is not a thing you just like pass by through and say, oh yeah, sure, okay, but give me the, tell me the good stuff. No, this, this is the good stuff. And see, so many of us nod our heads to this truth and agree wholeheartedly while all along trying to power ourselves with religion anyway. Man, I'll bet Apostle Paul had in Isaiah 55 in mind as he wrote this. And if he didn't, it certainly applies. Listen how richly this applies here. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. You have no ability to do this yourself. You can't muster up the strength to try to do what you just, you fell, you messed up one more time. Come, you, come by and eat and buy and without milk, and, and buy, buy milk without money and without cost. And don't look at this through the eyes of religion, which would exhaust you and add all kinds of requirements on you when you say, yeah, well, you, this works if I do this, and if I do that, if I'm right, if I'm good, if I'm clean. No, no, no. It's not what he's saying right here. You see, you'll never get enough. You'll try, and you'll try, and you'll try some more, and you'll get tired. That's not what it's saying right here. It's the love of God that surpasses knowledge, the fullness of God. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? It says, listen to me, listen, and eat what's good. And you will delight in the richest affair. What does that mean? Well, again, what it talks about this morning is exactly what Paul's talking about. You need, you need a revelation of God's love in your life. You see, listen, so many of our prayers appear to, that we generally believe that God primarily works outside of or around us or in spite of us, that God's this force to be reckoned with and you better get in line or else. And that's true to a certain extent. That's very true, but it seems so often our prayers are pointed outside of us. God, take care of my post-nasal drip, right? Like, 
ah, God, you know, that's, that's, that's as much as you can trust God for. It is, Lord, take care of my, my postnatal drip. You see, we're often so pointed outside, but where does God take residence, church? Two words within us, right? Your, your greatest need is to know the, the Father's heart of love for you. How wide it is, how deep it is, how, how long it is. It's, it's wide and it's deep and it's long enough to wash your sin away. It's wide and deep and long enough to be a gift that you will be unwrapping for the rest of your life. You'll never get to the bottom of God's love. You'll never get to the extent where you fully grasp it so deeply that you have nothing else to know. No, you'll, it's a gift that you'll be unwrapping for the rest of your life. It's wide and deep and long enough to provide you with the healing and deliverance that you need in your life. And all of us need that. It's wide and long and deep enough to come through on promises made. Even promises that seem to be not being made. He still can. He still will. Sometimes the, the holdup is not that God can't or he doesn't have the, the riches or, or the abilities. No, no, no. Sometimes the problem is that God is saying, man, son, daughter, you are my son or my daughter. I, I, I love you. I don't want you to love me for what I can provide for you. I want you to love me because I made you to love me and walk with me. It's wide and long and deep enough to provide your every need. It's wide and long and deep enough to grow some incredible qualities in you like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, meekness, and self-control. See, that's the fuel your faith needs to go. God can do immeasurably more. And it starts with a revelation of his unchanging love for you. Let's pray. Let's pray this morning. Let's ask God to do that this morning in our hearts. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. That's very possible. And man, I'm really glad that you're here this morning. I really, really, really am. And I want to pray with you before this morning. I just want to pray a really quick, simple prayer. It's not magical. It's not some... You know, it's, it's just if you, if you want Jesus in your life and you're sorry for what you've done and you want a new day, man, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want everyone to pray with me today. But if that's you, you pray, especially this morning. and Say, God, this is what I want. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. I don't know you yet, but I love you. And I pray this morning you would come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. From this point forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give God some glory this morning, church. For those who have come to know Jesus as their Savior, it is a good, good day for that. But God's not done yet this morning. Man, if God has challenged you this morning, again, man, if God's put something on your heart this morning, if God's done something, what you need before everything else is the fullness of God. And that means what you need is you need a revelation of His love this morning. That will fuel your faith. If you know His love, your faith will be fueled this morning and I don't know of any other way how do you close a series out that that's the main idea I don't know of any other way other than to ask God for it so as the band plays this morning we're gonna pray Jesus give us a revelation of your love give us a revelation of your love Lord 
Lord, a love that will have this expulsive power.